The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. You're welcome to the Big Red Bench this Saturday. Coming up, we have a preview of the massive game at Semple Stadium. Tomás Mulcahy gives us his thoughts on Cork versus Waterford in the league final. Fintan O'Toole talks us through the Porky Rinner Nowhere saga. We have reaction to Cork City's win last night. We look ahead to the Super League final. We're seeing as Neptune face Tralee Warriors. Munster versus Leinster. They face off later and we round up all of the day's action. Man United and Leicester are currently in action. It's nil all there at Croke Park. It's Loud 1-9 Limerick 10 points in the Division 3 final. So we have all of that coming up before 7. Aidan Leahy here with you until 7 on Cork's Red FM and it's great to see a bit of daylight outside the window for the first time that, that I've been on the big red bench. Uh, I, I do like when the clocks go forward, I must say. I'm looking forward to driving home in, in the light uh, later on. Um, of course, get in touch with us on WhatsApp 0868104106. Get in some score predictions for the game at Semple Stadium. Uh, what do you think is going to happen? Obviously, we all hope it's a Cork win and they're first in 24 years in the National League. 0868104106. Six and uh, also give us your thoughts on the Porky Rain or Nowhere saga. We'll hear from Fintano too later on. And uh, I played devil's advocate a small bit. I was trying to stalk, uh, just just trying to pick apart and see where where we could go with it. So uh, don't be too annoyed with me. But uh, give us your thoughts on that as you're listening to it later on uh, on WhatsApp. Give us a text. I'll read them out there just before we go to an ad break. Uh, Manchester City have gone back to the top of the Premier League table. Uh, they've won two nil away at Burnley. Liverpool had gone top after their win over Watford earlier. Earlier uh, elsewhere, Brentford thrashed Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. Christian Eriksen scored in the fourth. 4-1 win over the pensioners uh, Wolves beat Aston Villa 2-1 Leeds and Southampton drew one all and it finished scoreless between Norwich and Brighton and uh, yeah the half-five kickoff United versus Leicester it's nil all Bruno Fernandes had a really good chance a couple of minutes ago and uh, Schmeichel stuck out a leg and saved it uh, in rugby unfortunately Ireland were thrashed by France in the women's six nations uh, 40 points to five the final score in Toulouse um, later on uh, you'll hear from Johan van Gran and possibly Damien de Allende, uh, as Munster and Leinster meet in front of a crowd this evening for the first time since December 2019 uh, it's quite unbelievable both provinces welcome back a host of internationals for the URC Interpro and that is underway at 7 uh, the, in the Red FM Hurling League Division 1 earlier Black Rock beat Fa- Father O'Neill's by a point 22 points to 118 in the Cork Credit Union Football League Division 1 Group A Balling Colleague uh, they are in action against Formoy. I'll get an update on that. That started at half past five. Uh, Carrigaline defeated O'Donovan Rossa 211 to 15 points. Um, yeah, so as we said, it is a big one. Cork can end a 24 year wait for a National Hurling League title tonight. They take on Waterford at Semple Stadium. Uh, Alan Cadigan is actually uh, on, back on the bench. Um, it's the first time in a, in a while. Uh, after his injury he picked it up against Clare in the very first game um, so good to see him back on the bench throwing in Thurless as a quarterback seven and uh, I spoke to Cork legend Tomás Mulcahy and he gave us his thoughts on the game earlier Delighted to say I'm joined on the line by Cork hurling legend Tomás Mulcahy ahead of the big game this evening Tomás how's things? 
I'm very good, very good. Looking forward to tonight, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Big, big game and a massive chance to bridge this gap since 1998. Yeah, look, every final is there to be won and, you know, people might have said in Cork over the years we didn't take the league too seriously. Now we get an opportunity to go to Turles and win it and I think uh, that's a chance that we've got to take. I suppose looking back on the semi-final, what did we learn that we didn't already know from this Cork side? Um, I think... Certainly, in terms of the physicality and a bit of physical stakes, um, we were much better than we've been, I, I would think, over the last number of years. Uh, we, met tack, tack, we, we met tackles fairly head-on. Um, I think um, slow starters, but we got into the game. Um, I think we were taken by surprise by Kenny, but look, Kenny had a homework done on the game plan that Cork play, the short ball out, walking through the lines, and they bottled us up on a good few occasions in the first 10-15 minutes to go into a five or six point lead so that, that put us under pressure but they recovered um, and that's unlike the other point last year where we didn't recover we recovered this time and they got themselves back in the game and I suppose for me some very notable performances particularly in the first half as well was was, was, was young Jice and Alan Connolly because uh, I thought Alan Connolly was, was exceptional showing for the ball getting his angles right and we didn't have to go short him all the time. We hit a few long balls. There were diagonal balls, yeah, but he was able to win possession and he looked very, very threatening. And Joyce was just a colossal disguise going in stature. Um, we've seen him at the underage levels. Um, I've seen him in Limerick in the International League match against Limerick in the Gaelic Grounds as well and I was very impressed and uh, he's carried on from there. What did you make of the decision in the second half? And it was actually turned out to be a, a very good move by Kieran Kingston to bring off Patrick Horgan, which was, it's a big call for a management team to do that. Yeah, look, I mean, not just alone Patrick Horgan, Shane Kingston was taken off as well. And look, there, there are phases in the game when, when you know, you need to put away your opposition. Um, some people might react differently. Some people might have said it was the wrong call to take Patrick Horgan off. Um but at the end of the day, it worked out well. They got the victory, they got the scores, the substitutions made a big impact, and that's what you want from your bench. You know, I think you mentioned there at the earlier stage, Alan Cadigan comes back into the bench as well, right? So that's, 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 there's no point having these guys sitting there unless you can use them. And um, when you bring in substitution, substitutions, you, you need to make it, get them to make an impact. And uh, the subs that they brought in certainly made an impact. James Harndy, Jack O'Connor coming in were very, very good. Looking at Waterford, um, a very different uh, proposition to what Kilkenny offered the last night. Start, They're going to start at 100 miles an hour, you'd imagine, just like they did against Wexford. Um, they have a serious goal threat going forward, obviously now without Austin Gleeson, but with the likes of Daisy Hutchinson, they're, that's a, a really dangerous forward line. Yeah, look, and you'd be kind of saying the Cork team and we had set up with Jai's name that left corner back. Is he the man to pick up punches on or will he go back over into his customary wing back position? It ought to be interesting to see how the duels go that way. And um, But yeah, look, Waterford is very impressive. Very, very impressive against against Wexford right now. You have to say, uh, Wexford were awful on the day. Um, they were terrible, to be honest with you. And um, But Waterford can only beat what's put in front of them and the impressive thing for Waterford is, yeah, there's still a lot of fellas to come back into the squad, like so Jamie Barron, you know, what a player he's been for them over the years, and uh, he's to come back into the fold again himself, right? So, but Austin Gleeson, yeah, Desi Hutchinson, these guys up front, um, every opportunity they got, they had nothing else on their mind. Once they got inside their man, it was a green flag. Every shot, and even in the first half, they could have had another three or four goals in the first half period as well, they were that dominant. So, that's one that we got to keep an eye on tonight, or 
our full back line will have to be man marking their men can't leave any space because these guys will suck us in and um, use those opportunities like they did the last day against, against Wexford to get overlaps to get 2-1-1 and then bury them into the back of the net they're very good at that at the moment Waterford what do you think of Liam Cattle? Obviously, his underage side with Tipperary used to always play with a lot of freedom in the forwards as well. They scored plenty of goals. He's clearly a, 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 a very good leader. Those those Waterford boys clearly want to play for him. Yeah, I should look at Liam Cattle. He played senior level himself with Tipperary. You know, he managed minor successful teams there. He obviously had the under twenty ones that he managed to successful All Irelands as well. So, um, look, that shows that he is a man of many talents in terms of his manage, management experience and his obviously how to cope with players. And I think the kind of one 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 kind of statement, bold statement maybe that he made this week, right, you know, um, where they're going to appeal the Aston Gleeson case or not and they decided they wouldn't, you know. And yeah. like, I think that was that was the right call. Maybe maybe given a message to Aston, you know, you just can't do that in a big match, big game coming to summer championship. You just gotta hold your, your nerves, you just can't react like that. And maybe in behind the scenes, Liam was saying, no, no, we're not going to try and get this guy off. No, he's going to he's gonna have to learn, right, you know. So um, I was impressed with Adam Hussain. I'm impressed with him, to be honest with you. He had a choice, maybe going back to Tipperary, but he had some belief that there's something in this team. And um, look, if there's somebody to maybe stop Limerick or maybe to stop Cork or stop whoever gets to the, to the latter stage there, and everybody thinks that Waterford are going to be there and they're not too far away from it. Um, they have some serious, serious talent coming through. Yeah, like you said there with the Austin Gleeson, not not um, not challenging that suspension. There's not too many counties that that would have done that. And to be honest with you, I I, I can't see Cork. Uh, you know, I think if it was Patrick Horgan or someone like that, I think Cork probably would challenge that suspension. Yeah, look, and that's that's management and player. Obviously, you have to agree and stuff, right? You know, and um, look, it's. There is there is a time in the game where you have to keep your discipline. Guys might go at you. My guys might have words in your ear. Guys might be pulling your jersey. They can be doing anything to you, but you just got to react. And the only answer for that was the way he was doing it that day was putting the ball over the bar and putting it in the back of the net. And obviously, he was he was he was getting the the, the Wexford defenders very frustrated because he was he was having a brilliant game, but he just can't react to that and with modern technology you now and the cameras and all that kind of stuff you're not going to get away with it he was so close to the two umpires there was no chance that he was going to get away with it absolutely looking at the game um, I suppose Cork need to stay in touch like we said they have a strong bench the likes of Shane uh, Kingston is on the bench but they need to be in touch when he does come on so that he can make the impact so uh, what way do you think this is going to go who do you think is going to come out on top well look it, it's important for us to start um you know, because we didn't start well against Kilkenny and we found ourselves under enormous pressure. And look, it was only maybe in the last 10 or 15 minutes that we actually tried, we, we pulled away from Kilkenny. We got the goal and we, we kind of pushed on after that. But like, there was nothing in this game with 10 minutes to go against Kilkenny. I think we can't afford to give Water versus start like they got last weekend against Wexford because we, we probably won't recover. Um, so being on the front foot, taking, taking the initiative, um, and showing what they've done over the last couple of weeks, there's a bit of physicality about the team. They're standing up to challenges, but there's incredible pace and there's incredible hurling skill there as well. And if we see that tonight, I think they'll win in Taurus tonight. I, I fancy Cork to beat Waterford. Fantastic stuff. Hopefully you're you're hopefully you're right. And uh, like we said, first National League title will be in the bag since 1998. Tomas, enjoy the game. Thanks a million for coming on. You're welcome. Thank you. Cheers. 
Tomás Mulcahy there and uh, yeah he believes Cork are going to do it hopefully they can uh, just a quick update on the game in, in uh, Croke Park uh, Mickey Hart's loath one twelve to 11 points up on Limerick in the Division 3 final um, Limerick were actually up until a couple of minutes ago there was a really good really good finish uh, to the net by uh, the Louth wing back so 15 points to 11 there in Croke Park and uh, Luke Shaw's after going off injured for United I think uh, still nil all there approaching half time 41 minutes gone now the big big topic of the week my goodness Parky you're in the nowhere what a saga um, like I said give us your thoughts on this so 868 104 106 uh, will we be going to Killarney or will it be on in Parky Rin uh, Kerry versus Cork in the Monster Championship I spoke to Fintan O'Toole we dug into this one have a listen Fintan O'Toole the GA editor with the 42 uh, joins me to discuss the biggest GA story of the week Fintan thanks for coming on no problem Ed. Uh, I suppose the latest uh, of today which is Friday is that Keith Ricken and the Cork footballers have rejected the verdict by the Munster CCC that Parky Rin is unsuitable for the Munster semi-final versus Kerry tell us your thoughts on that statement I suppose first of all um, well I guess it's a it's, it's a defiant and kind of a united st- uh, standpoint they've taken um, I mean timeline wise uh, you know it's four weeks today since the Munster GA Championship fixtures were announced <laughs> For 2022, they were officially confirmed in a, in a press release for the uh, both codes hurling football and across the three grades. And at that stage, Cork and Kerry was fixed for Porky Rin. Um, and the player standpoint, I guess they've been playing the concluding stages of the National League and they've been preparing uh, in the knowledge that they would have home advantage for that game on the 7th of May in Porky Rin. Um, and as regards what has changed since, <laughs> um, you know, I suppose they have talked about the home and away uh, arrangement that Cork have, have long had in place and that obviously last summer is once the final took place in Killarney so that they feel they're entitled to this game uh, this year. Um, I know the Munster Council obviously in their statement on Wednesday night said that in return Cork will get the next two games back but uh, from a player point of view I think you probably have to look at the season you're in at the moment and as regards the upcoming game you know, squads change whether all these players will still be involved for the next two years you don't know you know th- th- things are very very kind of cyclical that way so from their point of view I think they're looking at it that they played last year's once a final in Killarney and that they feel that the next championship game against Kerry the one on May 7th uh, should be at a Cork venue and they feel Porky Rain is, is suitable for it I suppose there's lots of different things to, to pick at it with this like a lot of people are saying Absolutely, why yeah. wasn't Parky Rin used when Parky Cueve was being done up um, I suppose that kind of set a precedent that you know if Parky Cueve wasn't available it goes to Killarney yeah, that, that's true. I guess um, it was used for the once semi final against Tipperary in 2017. Then obviously they played Kerry in Killarney. Um, I suppose one of the crucial things I would I would kind of stress with this this statement is coming from the court players and management as opposed to court GA as a whole. Yeah. So these players and management, a lot of them wouldn't have been involved at that time. Um, you know, there's a lot of young players on the squad. They wouldn't have been involved at that time when Porky Cueve was out of commission for those couple of years. I wouldn't have, uh, the players that were there wouldn't have been involved in the, the, the decision making, the, the deal that was kind of brokered then. So that is probably a question kind of for the county board to answer. And obviously the county board as well has changed in personnel, um, from now to then. Um, and, you know, similarly, I guess, you know, people are probably looking at obviously look the, the root cause of this is obviously the Ed Sheeran concert taking place and the fact that the, the large capacity stadium down the road from Porky Rain, Porky Cueve is unavailable. But again, I guess the players, they weren't involved in the discussions to, you know, to organize that concert, for example. Um, their sole focus is on this once the semi-final and they, 
would have seen the, the announcement of Munster Council in early March that the game was on in Parker Inn. They also probably would have, you know, the, the quotes of the Cork County Board meeting in early February um, when it was kind of dealt with and the, the decision was kind of talked about how the Cork County Board decided that it wouldn't be fair. I think the quote at the time was to send a young team uh, down to Killarney. So I guess yeah, I understand the point you're making as regards the previous arrangement, but uh, it seems to me that they're probably kind of dealing in the here and now um, as regards the 2022 season. Um, for a lot of them, that previous arrangement is is just not relevant because they weren't involved in it. Is Parky Rin un, unavailable at the moment even? Is it unplayable right now? I know there's works going on, that there's supposed to be works going on, that's, that's kind of half the reason of all of this, that they wouldn't be completed in time, obviously, and the capacity is the issue, but is, is Parky Rin right now even playable? Yeah, for, you see, I, from what I understand, it is playable. I think there's a difference between uh, the pitch and the actual uh, the venue. Yeah. So, um, look, I mean, a lot of times Cork don't get huge crowds for general games and a parky rain even wouldn't be kind of tested to its capacity a lot of the time. You know, if it hosted, for example, an underage game, which as it is doing throughout uh, at times, maybe during the month of April, um, you know, it's not going to test the capacity. So isn't it this though happening. something like why didn't they play a couple of league games in parky rain if they're preparing to play Kerry and parky rain in the Munster, in Munster Championship? Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. Again, I mean, I suppose that would be a decision for the county board to kind of organize the fixtures. You know, I yeah. mean, I, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of their league games. I mean, I suppose they played, um, they played Galway under lights, uh, they played Clare under lights. That was a double header. Then the down match, um, I guess the principal, the primary venue was available for those matches. So that's why they, 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 they played them there. But I think that's probably kind of a separate issue in the sense that, Look, the, the stadium is unavailable for the 7th of May, Parky Queef. So then Parky, it falls to Parky Rin. Um, the health and safety inspection dictated that the capacity would be reduced to 9,200. That could be bumped up to 11,000 if the remedial works uh, were completed in time. The Munster Council have dictated that that attendance figure isn't satisfactory to them. Now, I do think there was one bit of a misleading piece of information in their state in their statement on Wednesday night when they said the average attendance for the last three months Cork-Kerry games is 22,000. And that is true, the average attendance. But if you look at it, in 2018, there was 27,000 at Cork-Kerry and Porky Cueve. In 2019, that figure had dropped substantially to 18,000 only attended the game. So... There is an issue here that ultimately because of, I suppose, you know, it's not like it was around the 2008 to 12 era when both sides were two of the best sides in the country. A gap has developed. This fixture isn't the draw that it once was. I guess I'm speculating here, but I guess the question is that how many people would actually have gone to this game if it was in Cork, you know? It's just not the crowd puller um, that it once was. And I think that's been reflected in the in the drop in attendances over the last couple of years. I, I remember a couple of weeks ago hearing a conversation that there was a fear there would be more Kerry fans in Parky Rin than Cork fans. Yeah, look, that's that's uh, that, that that that's a, a fair enough kind of a, I suppose, forecast to make. I mean, they're not a very well supported team. Um, I mean, most recently, I was at the court down game in Porky Cueve. There wasn't an official attendance announced for that game, but I certainly don't think it got over a thousand people at that match for what was a crucial match for them. But at the same time, this is nothing new. I mean, this is happening when Cork are in, you know, they, they, they're battling to kind of avoid relegation in Division 2 as they did successfully last week. But when Cork were going for All-Ireland champion, All-Ireland victories and all that, I mean, in 2011, I think that when they were defending uh, defending All-Ireland champions, their first home league game, I don't think it got over 2,000 fans at the game. It's just not the draw, you know? I mean, it's, it's, it's in the same way that the football team is the big... Uh, what's the word the kind of big market leader in in Kerry uh, yeah. the hurling team is the big market leader in Cork and that's been the way 
like I said, whether they were challenging for All-Irelands as they did frequently in that time under Conor Cunahan or whether they are in kind of, you know, in, in, in different circumstances now. So that, I think that would be, I suppose we wouldn't have known unless the game was played and you probably would have had to kind of see what the, the fan division was then. But I mean, I think that was kind of a, a fair enough kind of a theory to throw up, all right? I suppose then the news today is that uh, it's going to be broadcast on Sky. Does that change anything? Um, I don't think so. I, I, you see, I think this has been an official announcement, but uh, this was always really likely to be the case. So I suppose Sky have first call on um, the Saturday night uh, TV fixture um, of their choice, you know, and then RT kind of had the, the Sunday uh, pick for uh, for championship games. Um, and I suppose Sky will kind of choose the, the kind of best game and the standout game um, that is on that night. And uh, that is actually the only major inter-county championship game, senior game that's on that Saturday. So, for example, there's there's Christy Ring Cup and Laurie Maher and Nicky Rackwood games and there's the All-Ireland under-24 football semi-finals. But the only se- inter-county senior provincial game in Harding North football on that Saturday is Kerry Cork. So that was the obvious draw and the obvious fixture for Cork to, for Sky to pick. And once it was on a Saturday night, I mean, I'm pretty sure that Kerry's opening game last summer in the Munster Championship against Clare, I think that was on Sky as well. Um, you know, Kerry are a big draw. Like, they're... they're Monster champions in their league final on Sunday, the All-Ireland semi-final, they have one of the most kind of marketable and leading footballers in the country, David Clifford, in their ranks. Um, so while this was officially announced today for Sky, I, th- I think this was always going to be the case, that the, that this game was on, going to be on it. Um, but I guess it's probably maybe another headache for Munster Council, first of all, GA maybe at national level, because um, I'm sure Sky are probably looking at this and wondering what's, what's going to happen. And also, I suppose, it's just the fact that it, there's going to be less people with access to it on TV so that a lot of the time leads to more demand for tickets to actually be there in person yeah that, that that's true uh, that is that is an argument I mean it hasn't been it hasn't been an argument teased out yet by the Munster Council but I imagine that may be one um, but whether they can say that publicly I don't know because you know Sky are an official broadcaster yeah um, you know, the GA probably aren't going to come along and say that, oh, even though we signed this contract, uh, this media broadcast contract, you know, they will say that the game is available to watch on Sky. But I know, I know, I get the point you're making. Obviously, the viewing figures are kind of uh, low, but I guess if they kind of went down that road, for example, say Sky's very first match um, of the year's Wexford Galway, should that game be moved out of Wexford Park, you know, because people can't see it on Sky or the other reigning all Ireland champions, Tyrone are playing um, on the 16th of April as well in Sky's first games. And as far as I know, that's on in Brewster Park in Enniskillen. So, you know, similarly, should that have been moved to, to a bigger venue? Um, it, it's, it's a small little kind of a side issue to it, like, but I yeah. don't know, will it be the big, uh, I guess, overriding factor at the moment? Look, I suppose the thing is, though, that when you do look at this, and it's unfortunate for Keith Rick and, uh, and the lads, like, but this is kind of working out pretty well for Cork GA in a way. If it does go to Clarny this year, they're having the, they're having the Ed Sheeran concert, which brings in much needed funds because there's a lot of debt from building the stadium. And then they get the two home games next year. So in a way, this actually is like a good outcome for, for the Cork County board. But obviously now the issue is with the players and the management. Yeah, I, I, again, I go back to my point. I, like this statement last night came from the Cork players and yeah, management, yeah. not the Cork County board. And I think there's two separate people there, you know. I mean, the Cork County board maybe, ha- I don't know now, but whether they, you know, they again might get the two games in 2023 and 2024, but for the current players and management, I don't think that's a, that's a yeah, good outcome, yeah. you know. I mean, again, like I said, panels are cyclical. Um, like even management, like Keith Ricken has taken this for a two-year term. So, 
um, and his management team. So, I mean, the 2024 season at the moment is irrelevant to them. It's only 2022 and 2023 that they can kind of concern themselves with. And, you know, I just get the impression that the players kind of focus is, is, is very much just trained on the short term. And I think that's probably the right way for it to be. I mean, the last couple of weeks, I imagine the short, the, the focus was just solely on retaining uh, their division two status. They knew what they had to do in those games against down and awfully. And to their credit, after what was a very, very difficult spring and a few disappointing displays, they managed to produce the goods in that sense. The league is now parked and I guess they're looking at championship and their understanding was that this game, um, was in, was in Porky Rain. So I understand the point you're making in terms of kind of looking at the, the kind of wider, far reaching, um, uh, consequences of it and view of it but I don't think that that's something that the, the current I suppose yeah. players of management are kind of concerned about you know their their focus is pretty much just on the 2022 season and uh, obviously that starts with with this Kerry game in the Munster semi-final Which which do you think is going to to bend first? What do you think the outcome is going to be? Is, is it going to be the Munster GA or, or the Cork uh, football squad that, that, that give in first? Oh, well, I, I don't know will the football squad give in. I mean, they've, they've been pretty adamant. I mean, that was a fairly strong line to go with, uh, the closing site lane line, you know, that it didn't really do much for maneuver. Um, it's a very difficult situation. It's a very messy situation that has developed. Um, and like to my mind, I mean, the only kind of two scenarios you'd imagine at this stage and both are pretty, I suppose kind of stark ones is that the Munster Council reverse their decision and the game take place in Porky Rain, um, or else Munster hold its ground, core footballers dig in and Kerry, Kerry get a pass to the, to the Munster final, which obviously is something that no one, the Cork squad, the Kerry squad, uh, the Munster Council fans want to see considering. Yeah. You know, also, though, I, I, think, I think the Kerry County Board, uh, after last year getting burned by Tyrone, like, I don't think they're going to be in any way sympathetic as, as they were in that situation last year. So I think the, the Kerry yeah, County Board are just going to sit back here, aren't they? And in fairness, like, I mean, they're kind of bystanders, but I do think that was a very, very different situation. Yeah, that was a true, very tough true. one. You know, public health was kind of at play. It was a very, very difficult one um, to kind of play. I understand from a Kerry supporter point of view, uh, I imagine, and I'm just kind of speculating here, that they will kind of feel that they have been kind of caught up in the in the midst of another storm, you know, yeah, as regards a fixture. And the fact that it's happened for the second time in the space of a year, I suppose, is probably a bit of an annoyance. But I kind of just feel that they're the they're the only two kind of scenarios um, that I could play because the the footballers seem to be kind of pretty adamant um, in expressing their viewpoints, um, you know, like. I think the decision from their point of view will be, you know, what has changed in the four weeks. I mean, this, it wasn't touted originally when these, as I said, when the Munster Championship fixtures were released, it wasn't that Parker Rain was announced at the venue subject to, um, a review or subject to certain conditions at the time with the way the information was circulated. It looked like the Munster Council were happy with the decision for the Munster Council or for the Munster semi-final and that they were sticking with that venue. Um, but look, it's, it's, it's a messy situation from various viewpoints. Uh, it's a different fixture row, I think, to some of the other ones. Probably, I think it's a bit different to the Newbridge one. Um, yeah, it is, yeah. Mayo. Maybe a bit more similar to the Corrigan Park one that's ha- happened this year with Antrim Cavan, where a team was about to lose home advantage, um, over concerns, over capacity, um, and the, and the nature of a ground. But I think it's a headache. After two years of, uh, you know, COVID obviously interrupted championships, uh, one of them with no spectators, one with spectators severely, um, impacted. I imagine a GA at, you know, county, national, provincial, national level looking at this. And this is something 
two weeks out from the championship on the weekend of the league finals, uh, this was a road that they, they would have wished to avoid. And to, I suppose they wanted a kind of a, you know, kind of, kind of get back to normality, you know, kind of get back to kind of the games being the, being the focus um, and obviously crowds back and all this, you know, but this is kind of blown up in their faces, you know. Yeah, it's uh, the ball is definitely in once GA's court, I suppose. It's it's all up to them now. So, uh, yeah, it's certainly uh, not uh, not a story we thought would actually go this far, really. But uh, that's the way it's gone. Uh, Finton, thanks a million, and uh, let's see what happens. We might be talking about this in another couple of weeks' time with maybe uh, a finite result. Uh, thanks for coming on. No problem, mate. No bother at all. Yeah, Fintan O'Connor there uh, speaking on the Parky Rinner Nowhere Saga. As I said, get in your thoughts on that. Um, 0868-104-106. Um, uh, fantastic news earlier on. St. Mary's Middleton won the Senior A uh, post-primary school ladies football All-Ireland. So congratulations to all there. And uh, also uh, the Cork City amputees earlier uh, were playing league games um, and they won both of them. Uh, quite a quite, quite yeah, big wins. Uh, 1-7-1 win over uh, Scotland's side and... Uh, 4-1 win over Shamrock Rovers um, I think they were on in just checking to see where they were on they were on Middleton so well done to all there um, coming up after the break we have reaction to Cork City and uh, we also look ahead to Munster versus Leinster and of course as well seeing a Neptune in the Super League final against uh, Trilly Warriors so that's all coming up don't go away The Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm Cork's Red FM Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM. Welcome back to the show, Aidan Lee here with you until 7. Louth picked up that Division 3 title over Limerick at uh, Croke Park, winning quite convincingly in the end. And uh, the second half is about to get underway at Old Trafford, United uh, versus Leicester, nil all there still. Um, now Cork City, every week I'm here, they seem to be winning, picking up another win last night, 1-0. Uh, not the four ones uh, that we saw in the last couple of weeks, uh, but Keane Murphy with the goal, and it was Gary Neville uh, was on about United in the 90s, and you know the, the other team whoever they were going up against the title for was it Newcastle or whoever it was they'd go home they'd check the teletext and they'd see United 1-0 Cantona so maybe it's those 1-0 wins that are going to stand to Cork City come the end of the season um, yeah so they're still top of the table uh, here's Colin Healy post game with Kevin Galvin Colin look first of all thanks for talking to us at Red FM um, Colin look I suppose good perf- uh, good results um, what did you make of the performance? Um I thought uh, we could have been better. Um, I thought Wexford played very, very well. Um, but it's a difficult place to come. Um, we got an early goal. Um, we defended very, very well. Um, but it wasn't like the performance that we have had in the last few weeks. But it's a difficult place to come. As I said, we came here, we got a goal, defended very well, and we got the three points. And like I suppose when you got that early goal, you probably, I suppose the hope was that you might kick on. And the way things have been in the last couple of weeks, I mean, even last week against Athlone, grabbing a few. And what, what do you think? Kind of what, what, what was kind of holding back the team tonight, or what, what, what didn't quite work? No, listen, we got to give credit to Wexford. They, they played very, very well. Um, they moved around the back. Um, very good we caused us problems but we had two or three chances as well in the second half and you know we, we, we should have finished those off as well but we didn't and as I said the longer the game goes on it makes it difficult they put a lot of balls in from wide areas because we defended very well but, but it, it was it was um, it was um, times there that we had to defend the box very well because it was, it was difficult you, I suppose the first change came I think around, around about the half hour mark just after the half hour mark um, you made one or two changes over the course of the game um, would you have made more if you're looking back on this? 
Did you make more changes, more subs? No, didn't change anything. No, I didn't have to. Yeah. No, I didn't have to. I think in that listen, the, the lads that were on, they were, they knew what we were asking them to do, and they defended well. So I, did, I didn't have to make too many changes. No. I suppose um, that you're just saying one of those missed chances just to mix up I suppose Keane Bargery kind of cutting on the inside and then obviously Barry was there like were the lads having a banter about it afterwards I suppose it's easier to laugh about it when you come away after three points no no, no listen the lads want to score and you know Barry Coffey and, and Bagsy like and they, listen they're, they're, they're goal scorers as well like, so you know, it's just probably a misunderstanding you know but um, I'd say Barry had probably one about five minutes before and they put over the, uh, over the bar as well so he should be hitting the target there so we did have chances in the second half but um, as I said listen it's, it's overall it's, um, it's a massive three points yeah, and it means now that obviously, pretty much bar- barring some sort of freak result in Galway, you guys will be top of the table even after not playing next week. So that's a really nice position to be in coming into that that game. Has it helped? Do you think that you've gotten that eight games straight away under the belt, and you're kind of in that position now instead of trying to? No, no, no we're just, we're just, as I say, I keep saying, that we just focus on the next game. Do you know? Listen, the lads have been fantastic. Um, do you know? So and we and we just keep focusing. As I say, we have we've no game next week, and the following game then is Bray, and we, and we focus on that. Are these the type of games you'll have to win? You know, try to win a bit ugly as well. To, yeah, and it is. It's, 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 can't always be scoring four and five goals, and we can. Like, and it's, this is a difficult place to come. And I know from a player as well coming up here, it's a hard place to come, and it's and the players knew that as well. So it's um, it's a massive three points for us. I mean, it's it is always a good thing when you don't play well and you get the three points, isn't it? Like, yeah, I think you were all here last year, and you. Was that started to show the maturity in the team as well that you yeah. ran down after yeah. half, half yeah, an hour yeah, as well yeah, like, so, yeah, you know, yeah. and it was, it was difficult and we defended we defended very well mm-hmm. in the second half but um, Bexford put a lot of pressure on us in the second half as well so, and, and, the, boy, and the, boys, the boys defended the box very well so it's, um, it's, 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 always, it's always good and we, you know, defensively we've been good this season as well like, you know, so it's, um, it was a difficult game tonight but it's, um, we're delighted with the three points and overall like six wins out of the first eight they only dropped five points I think Listen, like the, the yeah. players have been brilliant. Players have been brilliant, but the the, the challenge you now for us is that we, we come back into training Monday and we we get ready. I know we have, we have a week off, um, but the lads will come back in and train for the week, and we have um, a massive game against Bray in two weeks' time, and we'll be ready for that. Will you do anything in the meantime? Will you get a friendly or anything? Or? I'm not sure yet. You're not sure. I'm not sure. I might have one. They're <laughs> very bored, won't they? Well, <laughs> we'll, we'll have something to look for them to do. No, no, listen, they, they come in, uh, they'll train, and if there's any friendlies, there's friendly, but if there's not, there's not. We'll, we'll take it as it comes. Yeah, and I suppose like it's kind of a weird one because you're obviously coming off a break, and then you have two games in the weekend. Like So it's just, it's kind of goes from zero to, to 100 straight away next weekend. So, how do you train condition for that? We just train, we just train normally as, as professional players do, and you come into training, and that's all you can do. And we know we have no game, so we, we just focus then for the break game very easily done and just finally what way do you see it in terms of the mix like everyone was tipped out of the trees started to break away Galway yourselves and Waterford now Longford have come into it as well yeah Longford are yeah. a very good side Galway are a good side and Waterford are a good side but it's still early doors yet do you know there's a there's a lot of games to, a lot of games to go so it's um, do you know what I say there'll be lots of twists and turns Colin is an expert um, in the press conferences. Uh, that was I, I quite enjoyed listening to that. Uh, but yeah, very good win there. Um, he's queued out. There must be. I'd say there is there some Kerry heritage there. I'd say. Um, but yeah, a big win uh, as we said uh, for Cork. A huge win for Glenn Meyer. 
they have won the uh, Champions Trophy final at the National Basketball Arena. So that's one uh, Cork title in the bag. Of course, they defeated Singleton, uh, Super Value Brunel. So, um, yeah, it was always going to be a Cork uh, title, but uh, one in the bag, one to go. See you in Neptune against Three Wars later, and we'll hear from uh, Roy Delaney uh, after we hear from Kevin O'Connor, the City Defender. Uh, Cullum caught up with him today. Yeah, so another great win on the road for Cork City last night. A hard-fought 1-0 win up in Wexford. I was watching it on LOI TV last night and um, it wasn't the kind of swashbuckling Cork City we've seen in previous games where they were scoring bag loads of goals, but it was an important win last night. A 1-0 win away to Wexford and uh, keeps them top of the league. Three points clear of Galway going into a two-week break now for City. And we're joined by a man who was there playing with City last night. Uh, Kevin O'Connor joins us. Kev, thanks for joining us. No problem at all, Colin, any time. Good to be on. And um, as I said, another great win last night. Um, and the winning is becoming a habit now. I think that's, um, like, is it five wins in a row, I think? It's 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 a fantastic run. It is, it is. It's a great run. Look, we've uh, probably last night was probably our uh, poorest performance from the last five or six games. But all that matters is we got the three points out of it. You know, we, we, we've shown that we can play well score lots of goals and, and be exciting to watch but we've also shown another side of us last night that when we're not playing well we can still get the goal and, and see it out I suppose they had a lot of possession towards the end and, and I thought we were relatively relatively comfortable um, defending and never really felt like we were going to concede which is a good side, a good sign for the side but um, yeah look it's been a good start to the season but that's all it is, it's only 8 games in and, and we, we have to keep it going Absolutely, and um, like as you mentioned, it was it was probably a scrappy enough game last night. But before that, you were winning games four one and four nil, and a few two nils and a six nil. But realistically, if you look across the season, there's not going to be um, massive wins like that all the time. And those wins like last night, where you just grind out a result, there's going to be plenty of them as well, where it's where it's fifty fifty, and and one team just kind of grinds it out. And it's very important to get the wins in those games, isn't it? It is, it is. They're, they're, they're probably the most important ones. You know, it's, it's all well and good when, when you can score three and four goals in a game. You know, you're, you're able to, to concede, obviously, that one. We conceded against that loan, but we're, we're disappointed as a backline to concede goals in any game, you know. So it's good that we can go away from home to places that are, are tricky. You know, Wexford's always a tricky place to go. You know, the surface and all isn't great, but it's not good for both teams. But, um, you know, it's, it's never been an easy place to go. And, and to be able to grind out the 1 0 win, you know, it's, it's huge because. We knew we had the break coming up, and we knew we had to be in good form going into it. And, and it shows it shows how how switched on the lads are, you know. And uh, I think this season they can see that there's something there, there's something positive there, and, and we just have to continue the form. But um, it, it, it's been a good start. It's been a good start, and, and I think everybody everybody's excited about how it's going, and, and we just want to continue. As you mentioned, it's a it's a two week break now for Cork City because the the way the the league is laid out this season. Each team gets a week off at some stage, and it's City's one next week. So, it's the it's the end of the first round of games now for Cork City, Kevin. And if you're looking at the league table, I mean, it looks fantastic. You're sitting there, eight games played, nineteen points, top of the league, three points clear of Galway, a goal difference of plus seventeen, which is miles ahead of anyone else in the league. Um, it's all very, very positive. As you say, it's early days, but I mean, if you, if you, if someone was to show you that league table before the first game of the season, you're going, "Geez, we'd bite your hand off." It, we would, we would definitely. You know, uh, a quick start is is massive in the in this league. You know, you you, have, you can't be playing catch up, and and thankfully we're not. You know, and um, 
looking at the reflection in the games, we, we're we're delighted obviously to be on nineteen points, but we feel like we're after dropping five points, you know, we, we didn't perform well against Longford. We dropped two points there. You know, but you could look back on that result and that could be an extremely important point come the end of the season. And then obviously Galway at home. I thought we played well, we just didn't take our chances, you know, so there was another three points dropped. So we'll take nineteen points. Um if you had offered us that at the start, we definitely would have taken it. But on reflection of the games, you know, we're probably a little bit disappointed that, that we're not a few more points on the board. And um, that's that's a sign. That's a good sign, you know, that yeah. that we, we we feel like that. But um, look, it's it's the first eight games are are always important. It sets down a marker for the season, and and there's there's a there's a long way to go, you know. But the second eight now will be even more important you know we have the likes of Galway uh, Galway up in Galway so they're always tough games and, and obviously we have at Lone all the way it'll be tough so we just have to make sure we keep the, the good run of form going you know people are finding form and, and as you said we have the two week break and it'll give lads a chance to come back from injury as well which is which is good because we've been hit with a few injuries but uh, the lads that have stepped in have been, been unbelievable you know and it, it's going to be hard to uh, for the lads coming back to get the lads out with the team at this stage it's a good situation, though, I mean, for, for a team and a squad that has had so many injuries in the early stages of the season that, like, I mean, guys are going to be fighting for their place coming back in. I don't think there's anybody you could say who's automatically going to come in and dislodge anyone else because, I mean, the team is doing so well. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And that's, that's, the, way, that's the way the manager wants it. You know, that's, what, that's why he put the squad together and he, he got everybody together because he wanted competition for places. And you can see that's all around, you know. You can see... As I said, like the few injuries, lad came in. They performed brilliantly. You can't just take them back out of the team, you know, because they they deserve to be to be there. So it's up to everybody, you know, who's in the team to keep the jersey, and everybody who's out to to earn their jersey, you know, to to be in the starting eleven. And and um, that's that's the best way to have it, you know, because it keeps everybody on their toes and it keeps keeps lads fighting fighting for places. And and once you have competition for places, you know, everybody's form will have to go up, and that's only a good thing for the club. And you mentioned uh, there's some tough games to come in the next series of games, like away to Galway, away to Waterford. They're going to be really tough games because yeah. they're they're the the second and third place teams at the moment. And I mean, if if Galway win their game in hand, they'll be leveling points with City. So I mean, you you could kind of say it's going to be a two horse race. But at the same time, Waterford are still only seven or eight points behind there. Longford, if you look at their games at hand, and if they won a few of them, they're right up in the mix as well. So yeah. do you think it's probably going to be maybe four teams pushing for that top spot, or, or what do you reckon, Kev? Yeah, it is. it's going to be an interesting league because anybody can beat anybody on any week, you know, so it, it, it's going to be tough. There's obviously the four teams there that might be a little bit stronger than, than the rest, but you can't take any game for granted, you know. They've just seen it, like, Cove unlucky not to get a result against Galway away last night. Um, you know, they played well against us down at home. Thankfully, we got the two goals, but, you know, like, there's no easy games. Luckily, we've been on form and we've we've got goals early, which kind of opens up the game and and gives you a better chance, obviously, because teams have to come out after you, and it gives you a better chance to pick them off and score a couple more. And, and we've been able to do that lately. But um, obviously, the second round of games, you know, teams get to know each other a bit more, you know how they play, and uh, we just have to make sure we're ready. Like going to the RSC is never easy. Going up to Amadeus is, is never easy either. And um, we're expecting tough fights. We're expecting Waterford to come back. You know, they've they have a quality squad there, so we're expecting them to, to bounce back. They've had a, a probably the last couple of weeks they, they haven't hit their form, but you know, there's a good team there and we're expecting them to come back. But we just have to focus on ourselves. If we focus on ourselves we will be okay, you know, we just have to take it game by game. There's no point in looking yeah too far ahead, you know, 
we can only worry about our game now against Bray Absolutely. in two weeks' time. And, finally, and uh, you know, we've, we've two weeks to prep for that, so hopefully, hopefully we can do well. Finally, Kev, uh, just Janney, kind of at the start of the season, uh, and you were kind of saying that that you almost had a point to prove because you were here in the glory days of 2017, winning leagues and cups and doubles and so on. And then then your next spell was when the club got relegated, and you were kind of saying you felt you had unfinished business from the, the last spell at the club uh, and to get it back up to where it belongs. And it's looking like City are on the right track now. Yeah, look, it was obviously when we were winning, it was great, you know. But I felt the other end of it, and that probably hurt more than then the winning felt good, you know, when we got relegated, it, it hit hard, you know, and it was difficult, it was a difficult period for everybody at the club, and, um, you know, there was probably a time when people go, thought, right, where do we go from here, you know, and uh, obviously Colin came in, he steadied the ship, and, and he got everything going, you know, last year, as I said before, was a year where there was a lot of youngsters coming through, you know, and they, they bedded in, and, and that year last year probably done them the world of good, because you can see by them now, the form they're in, it's brilliant, you know, and, and obviously he brought in a bit of experience and, and that's what I'm here to try to do, you know, to help the young lads through whatever they need. You know, we're there for them and, and to help them through, but like, we don't need to at the minute because they're performing yeah. so well, you know, and it's great to see because um, there's there's some quality young lads coming through coming through the academy and everything and you could see that a few even a few years ago and it's great to see them now hitting the form and, and being where they are, but yeah, look, there is a bit of unfinished business. Obviously, okay. our aim is to win the league, and um, we're on a good track. But but we're only we're only after getting started, so we have to keep it going for the rest of the year. Fingers crossed. All right, listen, Kevin O'Connor, thanks for joining us, Kev, and uh, we'll chat to you and we'll see you at the break game in a few weeks. All right, perfect, Colin. Thanks very much. Yeah, City Defender Kevin O'Connor there chatting to Colm. It can't be underestimated, I suppose, how important it is to have the likes of Kevin around with his experience. And as he said there, speaking about the year uh, that Cork City got relegated, uh, clearly it did. It, it, it was difficult on him. And uh, yeah, he's back to make amends and it's going well. And it's going well for Cork City women's as well at Turner's Cross. Uh, they're now, oh, just they're 2 0 up now. Um, just flashed up here. Aoife Cronin gave them the lead. And now with uh, less than 10 minutes to go, uh, Becky Casson has made it 2-0 against Bohemians at Turner's Cross. So Cork City women winning 2-0 at Old Trafford. It's still nil all. Marcus Rashford is on the pitch. Um, Harry Maguire is playing striker at the moment for some reason for United. Uh, but yeah, nil all so far at Old Trafford. Now, as we said, UCC Glanmire, the address UCC Glanmire have picked up one title at the National Basketball Arena. Seeing as Neptune will look to end a 19-year wait for the title when they take on Tralee Warriors at 7pm, of course. Lost to Tralee Warriors in the National Cup Final. A couple of months ago, I spoke to Roy Delaney, ahead of the decider. Hi, Roy. With the form that Bell and Colleague were in the last day and they would really fancy themselves, a massive derby win like that must give you a lot of confidence. Yeah, it was huge. Just like what I said to Cahill there, we couldn't have asked for better preparation. Uh, if we went into Ballon College and we played our hearts out, then one we would have shook their hands and be- wished them best of luck in the final because they've had that kind of season, which was unbelievable. But um, we were confident enough going into it. We played them three or four weeks earlier and they really embarrassed us in Neptune. We had a great start. We were leading at halftime. And we came out so flat in the second half and they ran the ball down our throats. We really picked that game as a turning point in our season and we identified a couple of things, transition defence being primarily the number one thing that we were absolutely atrocious on that and we focused a lot now in that last couple of weeks and if if you've watched our games back, I think you can see a stark improvement in that department. Has revenge been an element of the preparations so far, obviously getting back actually for the, for the cup final loss? Yeah, well, it's like all the sports psychology and all that kind of stuff will tell you that, that you shouldn't be thinking that. 
But as a human being, of course, you're thinking that. Like, even after the cup final, you'll be thinking it could be another, teams could be waiting five, six, seven years to get another crack at the same team like that in the similar settings. We've only had to wait eight or nine weeks. And of course, there's an element of revenge, but it's nowhere near our priority. Our priorities go there, first of all, let's have like, give a performance that uh, justifies the kind of season we've had and co- come home with the come home with the trophy and um, doing it against Tralee, doing it against whoever was going to be there. It didn't bother us, to be honest. As a Cork man yourself, it's a, a big Cork versus Kerry clash. Um, I suppose no matter the sport, it's always a, a special special feeling. Yeah, I suppose we're lucky at the moment. It's not in Clarence because we'd have no hope all together. But uh, yeah, the Cork and Kerry stuff does add to it. But looking at both sides, with like we have a lot of Spanish guys, two Americans. They've got a couple of Eastern Europeans, so I don't think there'll be too much of that. Uh, maybe one or two of us will know the the true history with the Cork and Kerry rivalry. And is it the fact that there's so few local guys like you know yourself and I suppose obviously the likes of Kieran Donaghy on the Warriors squad? Does that make it a bit extra special for you? Uh, for me personally, it definitely would having a GA background. But it's, it's to be honest, it's not something that we have spoke about uh, within the camp, the the Cork and Kerry border. I don't think it's something. If if anything, I think Cork people prefer beating Cork people first of all. When there when there is another club in your county, I think uh, the rivalry within the county is always a kind of a bit bigger than what it is without outside the county. Thanks a million, Roy. Best of luck. Thanks, Evan. Yeah, they should have. I reckon they should have played the the Super League final in, in Parker in myself. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Roy Delaney there speaking ahead of their clash. They're taking on the Chile Warriors quite soon, uh, probably in the next ten or twenty minutes. I'm not sure. I think because all of the games are on back to back to back, there's probably some delays in some of the the tip offs. Um, so yeah, CNS Neptune, nineteen years. Uh, they're waiting for another title so hopefully it all goes well for them and hopefully there'll be a couple of titles coming back to Cork as we said uh, UCC Glanmire have won hopefully Cork can get one at Thurles and hopefully CNS Neptune as well at the National Basketball Stadium uh, nil all at Old Trafford 61 minutes gone moving on to Rugby Munster and Leinster meet in front of a crowd this evening for the first time since December 2019 Uh we we uh, as we said uh, as we said earlier uh, they're welcoming welcoming back all the internationals. Johnny Sexton is missing for Leinster. Um, Conor Murray and Joey Carberry both start as does Peter Mahoney for Munster. Uh, we uh, spoke to Yon van Gran. He was speaking during the week ahead of the big Interpro. So Yon, look, you don't have too too much long left at Munster. This is one of those big weeks every season. Leinster at home. How much are you going to miss the weeks like this when you finish up in the summer? I think it's uh, important to note that it's Munster versus Leinster. Uh, obviously, we didn't play them on the 26th of December last season. So, uh, I think it's the first time in five games that Munster versus Leinster are going to be in front of a crowd. So, really looking forward to that, the atmosphere at Thurman Park. And, you know, Munster and Leinster games are, are always special. Um, you know, so really looking forward to it. And how much of a buzz is there around the, you know, around the HPC on these weeks, particularly when you've got internationals coming back into the group as well, and you know the squad is a lot bigger than it probably was in previous weeks as well. Yeah, it was a real uh, feel good Monday. Obviously, we felt that we delivered a good performance on on Friday evening. Uh, the 20s lads were back after the Grand Slam. Uh, the national guys were back after their Triple Crown. It's the first time that we've been together as a squad since the 23rd of January. So great buzz around the place and uh, everybody looking forward not only to to this weekend, but to the next block of games. Yeah, and just 
finally then for me um obviously you mentioned in the the squad update andrew conway would be you know monitored in the the short or medium term medium term does that mean he he probably wouldn't be available for the games against exeter yeah look i don't want to speculate on injuries uh, all i can say he won't be available this weekend um you know we'll take it week on week and um no, he's had a, a very good Six Nations, um, felt he had a very good autumn, so he's one of our key players, so it's unfortunate that he picked up the injury, but we'll take it week on week on Andrew. You spoke about the feel-good factor there and internationals coming back from you know a winning environment back to Munster as well. Um, is there any challenges then when, when the internationals do come back, even in terms of cause, or is it a pretty not a very straightforward process, but just the process of, of getting back with Munster after a couple of weeks with the international side? No, Trevor. It's always great to have them back. Uh, no issue. It's it's been same for the same for the last five years, whether it's the autumn internationals uh, or it's it's both Six Nations. Um, now, if I take you back to 2018, they they came back and we played a quarter final against Toulon uh, last season. Uh, you know, Ireland played England and we played the final the next weekend versus Leinster in in Dublin. So it's the exact same. Uh, it's all about. Uh, the, the group and everybody fitting straight back in. So, like I said, very good to have them back and really looking forward to this block of games. And is it the perfect setup for two games in Europe to have Leinster come into hopefully, uh, well, it will be a full house at home and park, you know, with the, with the feel good factor that is there? Oh, look, I'm not sure it'll be a full house, um, you know, uh, but uh, great to be playing back uh, in front of uh, our fans at, at Thurman Park and. Look like we've we've learned through COVID um, that uh, rugby is, is not the same w- without support, and we love playing at Thurman Park, and it's always special occasions, um, not only for Munster but for Irish rugby when there's Interpro. So looking forward to that, and you know, it just happened to be Leinster uh, before we play the European games, and then a big game against Ulster, and then Cardiff at Musgrave Park. So magnificent block of games ahead. We're pretty well set in, in both competitions and you know, it's it's week 41 in our season uh, and we've worked 40 weeks to put ourselves in this position um, not only in, in the URC which is uh, shaping up to have a, a, a great finale in terms of the, the teams, in terms of who's fighting for potential home semi-finals for home quarter-finals and, and you know, more to get into that top eight uh, and then obviously Europe to look forward to in terms of what we've produced in December and January to put into that position. So that's what you, you're working for, for weeks like this and, and the next four weeks to come. Yeah, Johan, Johan van Grand there speaking ahead of the huge game at Thorn Park between Munster and Leinster. Has Fred equalised for United? He has. Please tell me he's onside. Uh, Klecki and Acho just uh, just uh, scored for Leicester. Sorry. Again, I, I'm not great at hiding the old emotion, I have to say. Uh, so, yeah, one all at Old Trafford. Fred again. Fred scores every time I'm hosting, I'm pretty sure. Uh, so, yeah, one all at Old Trafford, 66 minutes gone there that is it for us um, as we said huge huge night uh, CNS Neptune and uh, of course the Cork Hurlers against Waterford uh, it'll be fantastic if they can get a victory at Simple Stadium and bring home that National League title ahead of a huge Munster Championship game with Limerick in two weeks time uh, so uh, tomorrow uh, stay tuned uh, well 6 o'clock to 7 o'clock of course uh, Rory will be here hosting back from an old toothache he had during the week there the poor fella uh, so uh, you'll hear a preview of the Masters which is on next week I spoke to Dennis Corwin uh, about that so uh, stay tuned if you want to hear who he's tipping 
for the uh, uh, Masters at Augusta next week. And spoiler alert, it's not Rory McIlroy, I'm afraid. Uh, so that is it. Stevie G is on the way next. Good luck. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM.